everybody. Welcome to a special episode 34 of Bruisers Breakdowns and Beards. It is Sunday, May 2nd, 2021. I'm your host, Michael Reed. Got Kevin WK with us, the hair metal heartthrob Dallas Cade with us, and then a, a returning guest for us, but it's been a long time since we've talked to him. Uh, Christian Rose is here. How you doing, sir? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing tonight? Awesome. Bad. Good to see Not you again, bad. man. Yeah, it's been a while. It's yeah. been a bit for, since we've had you on. Mm-hmm. Said, yeah, there was some weird shit that happened last year that kind of slowed down everybody's traveling, you know? <laughs> right? I don't know if you heard about that. Yeah, The Avengers was so like good, they had a real-life snap. Oh. <laughs> no. 2020 snap. <laughs> it did. We did lose all our, our We lost 12 months so just good. like that. Yeah. <laughs> everything got... For real, like, some people, everything got pushed to, like, a year later. And it's yeah. like, well... <laughs> we're pretending it's like this one year gap but you know time didn't stop but here no. we are just progress that was all yeah here mm-hmm. it was just a bunch of filler episodes and now we're getting to like the series finale and then <laughs> the season starts it's like dragon yes. ball the training episodes <laughs> yep mm. oh my god i can't imagine watching just the training episodes like if you took that's like you know you put salt and pepper uh and some chicken on the table to eat and then you take away the chicken and you're left with salt and pepper <laughs> uh this may get me some uh flack here i haven't seen one episode of dragon ball z in my life it's i'm with you I you're not missing I, much like i'm not saying like for some reason when i was a kid i was a snob and an asshole just like at an early age so that style of animation like just straight up anime i just didn't like it mm-hmm. like my favorite cartoons when i was a kid were like Don Bluth style, like Land Before uh, Time or uh, mm-hmm. American Tales. So I was like, this just something about the way that it looked and the way the characters moved. I was like, this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And yep. then when I would watch anime, I would be like, they're not moving right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and my my shitty mean kid brain was just like, no, <laughs> I reject this. Yeah, it's stuff where it's like I can't even say if it's a good or a bad show because I'm just kind of like. No nah, man, this never was for me. I had like the, yeah. the worst taste in, in entertainment when I was a kid, and I'm proud to say it has only gotten worse as I've grown up. <laughs> you say that as you have a Jaws poster behind you, so you can't be that bad. <laughs> uh that is my favorite movie of all time. Nice. It's, it's a good one. I think it's I think it's flawless. I think it's just a perfect movie. I think it's the uh, I mean everyone says it's the original summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm like, dude, I, like that's something I could sit around and talk about for days is that movie and my obsession with it. I used to name, uh, so like I name all of my cars whenever I buy them. I named <laughs> yep. uh, the cars for several years after the characters from Jaws. Hell yeah. Like I, I speed up rusty piece of shit Dodge Intrepid and I named it Quint. I was, I was going like, to say that. That, that seems like a Quint. Ugly <laughs> and brutal. <laughs> like a broken down pickup truck at that point. It would always mm-hmm. reek up a fish smell for some reason, but nowhere near a lake. <laughs> oh, oh, man. That so, sounds like a Christian Rose thing to do, too. <laughs> I, hey, I'll, I'll have you know, the truck that I have now is my prized possession. It's nice as shit and deceptively and uh, unsafely fast. So. <laughs> that's, that's great, too. I, I would count that as on brand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. I literally, uh, so I had a booking out in Omaha a couple weeks ago. Nice. And long story short, my car load fell through, so I had to go on my own. And I drove my truck 
five and a half hours each way. Oh, and shit. people were like, oh, man, that's got to suck. And I'm like, not really, man. I'm quite comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> listening to these turbos the entire time <laughs> that's wild i was gonna say probably the 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 gas you know might have cut off your uh i don't know if it'd have been worth it for you to make the drive there and back but you know uh at least I mean, if you the mileage, it. yeah that mileage isn't great yeah so. yeah. <laughs> yeah but uh yeah shit dude driving by yourself sucks sometimes <laughs> Sometimes it does, man. Like I, I was lucky when I first started like traveling a lot for wrestling. Like I had a very dedicated group of like not just like wrestlers, but like my best friends. And so like mm-hmm. years and I, like when I say it, I mean like legitimately years. We were on the road every weekend. Uh, I think it was it was either 2010 and 2011 or it was 2011 and 2012. Um, each one of those years, I had two weekends off. Like it was like the busiest time of wrestling that I'd had in possibly ever. And during that time, I was actually doing a show every Wednesday night as well. So like every weekend I, or every week I had two shows minimum. And then occasionally, you know, I, if I got a double shot on a weekend, I still had that Wednesday night one. So there's three. And I can remember two instances where I had five in one week. And was still working a full-time factory job. So then people were like, man, why are you so skinny and drinking that much coffee? And I'm like, because I need to live. <laughs> <laughs> Look at like Christian Rose, wow. uh, Christian Slay. Uh, what am I saying? Christian from the machinist. Christian yeah. Christian yeah, Bale from Christian the machinist. machinist. All the Christians are just going to wow. cover the sheet. <laughs> Damn. So you got, you got your reps, huh? <laughs> Dude, uh, like legit. I always will put that over. Um, I started wrestling for this place that was called, uh, I think they still do shows. I'm sorry. I've, falling out of the loop with them but it's called iwa unlimited and they had this setup where they would run a, a free show for the fans it was a free show every wednesday night wow and the the setup there was incredible because they had like an actual entrance ramp and stuff you can find a lot of this stuff on youtube because we got some of our friends to actually start filming and uploading it cool uh entrance ramp and seats and the, and basically the way that they kept it going was by selling concessions that was it mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. we would have a crowd of you know on a low night it would be 75 people because, I mean, it's free wrestling or whatever. Yeah, right. And they ran training three times a week. Man. So I would go on Monday and train. And then I would go on Wednesday night and train, then do the live show. And then on Friday nights, if I didn't have, like, a booking somewhere else, I'd go train again. Mm-hmm. So, And this was all 40 minutes from where I lived at the time. Mm. So wow. I, I was very lucky in that I got to work in front of a live crowd that much and like you said just get those reps in like con like you know like that amount of just sheer actual work and experience i got it pretty early on yeah and that to me was invaluable like we didn't get paid for those shows and at the time like yeah man sometimes that sucked but i was at, like at least smart enough to realize these shows are helping me be, be better out there mm-hmm. you know and so to me i was kind of like i viewed it as like an up an unpaid internship, right? you know, almost. And their business model originally was they would do uh, these free Wednesday shows for about two months. And then uh, a few times a year, they would do what they just called a paid show on a Saturday where you had to pay, they actually charged admission. So it was literally just the same format as like your Monday night raw leading into your paper. Yeah. And that was for me just completely invaluable. You know what I mean? Like that, that was the stuff that just helped me so much because you know, for the most part, that crowd was a lot of the same people every week. 
Mm-hmm. So that was what taught me that, like, okay, you got to have the shit that you do, and you got to get it perfect. But then once you get it perfect and you get it established, then you can start to play with it. Then you can start to have fun. Then you can start to mix it up because people get bored quick. Yeah. And you got to constantly just like adapt and evolve and grow when you're in front of an audience every single fucking week like that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I look back on that as some of my best times. That's awesome. Sorry for the rant. No, that was great because I, I was thinking a lot about NWL while you were talking about that because NWL was also 40 minutes from my house mm-hmm. and we were also up there four days a week, five if we were doing TV. Um, and then after doing that for a few months, I started going with them to, you know, the the uh, Joplin shows, the Wichita shows, the mm-hmm. St. Joseph shows and start helping at live events. And then when, you know, right when I was like ready to start doing dark matches or opening, um, opening the show. And then I would like shortly after that, they ended up, you know, disappearing forever. Um, but it was a lot of that, you know, we always got told, you don't know how good you guys have it. And then we didn't until NWL closed. And they were like, well, you guys are ready to go out there now. So, you know, we started going out there and we started getting in the car with people, um, you know, we started coming up to St. Louis and we started going around Kansas and go up to Iowa, Omaha. And we kind of started realizing like, oh, shit, they weren't <laughs> kidding. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, that's interesting. And I'd never actually thought about it to get your perspective on it because your perspective on NWL is radically different from what mine was. Yeah. And I mean, the, it, it's. I mean, a lot of people have talked about it ad nauseum. I don't know if we need to go into it, but like, it's so frustrating that that place was like right there at that tipping point. Yep. And then that's when the plug got pulled. Mm-hmm. Like I, it would have sucked and been very frustrating if that had happened, you know, six, eight months prior, but I don't think people would have been nearly as, uh, uh, I don't know, as, as upset or up in arms over it. But I was like, and I guess like, this is only from our point of view, but for me, from my side, it was, it was like, man, it's you know it's right there we're Mm -hmm. finally over that like first hump you know what i mean like they're drawn and everything's good the product has gotten much better Mm -hmm. yeah you know there's guys that are going to be good here there's guys that are on their way out like and then yeah sucks and out of nowhere too yeah oh yeah I've, i've mentioned it you know before but uh like i i didn't get to go to nwl i'd always heard about it vicariously through kevin but I was planning on coming up that weekend uh, for that first show in the uh, NWL arena. Uh, like mm-hmm. I was planning on, because I was living in Dallas <laughs> at the time. I was coming up to Kansas City for a family visit. But we had we had scheduled it so that I'd be able to go to that show. And then learning like right before the trip that it had you know right. been shuttered was just Dude. the worst. And it was it was there yeah obviously there's so many levels as to why it was heartbreaking um but but being a guy who like was at the tpc back when um it was also a gym and they had like the weight racks and the dumbbells and stuff and the mirrors on the wall and then all that stuff getting taken out and then them moving the office into the tpc and then (laughs) them going construction mode and trying to build the bleachers and stuff and what became the final product for what the NWL arena was going to be and seeing it. And then that week of, uh, yeah, guys, by the way, NWL is done. 
man, like it had, they had the banners, the custom like wall backgrounds with the logo on it. Those banners were freaking beautiful with like the roster on them. They had the lights rigged up. The walls were all painted black. So it looked bigger. Mm -hmm. Oh man, that place, it would have been something dude. Dude. Mm -hmm. I had so many. Cause like, okay so like i was always just kind of like a, a mid-card mechanic at best there or whatever and they every time i would start to get something going something would happen and it would stop and it, you know what i mean it's like I, i'm not like i wasn't mad about it it was frustrating at times because i'd be like just give me something you know mm -hmm. what i mean like i i don't need a lot of time give me a microphone you know <laughs> give, just give me a few minutes in the microphone that's all i need yeah and i understand you know like you have your you know everybody's at a different spot on the hierarchy for every different promotion and i remember there were so many ideas that i would just spitball to people like in the locker room just anytime somebody's talking to me and the one that i was like man because of like it being a tv product there was one idea that i had that i was so gung-ho it's like if we can do this it's going to be so good and so much money for this promotion we never got the chance to i wanted to do an odd couple uh tandem with niles plonk <laughs> <laughs> that would and have been I, fantastic. That was right when I first started doing the low life character. And I was like, what could possibly be better than some, you know, white trash redneck who sits in a bar and drinks Miller light forced for whatever wrestling logic to hobnob with a, a wine guy. Yeah. And right. Like if, if nothing else, like even if the, even if we don't have chemistry in the ring, mm -hmm. which I'm, I'm sure we would have, cause he's a very good uh, uh, worker. The, the promos and the segments and stuff that we could have <laughs> yeah. done. The, 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 who cares if it's bad comedy? We have like a year of bad comedy. Yeah. Fun. This is true. Mm -hmm. That would have been fantastic. That's a great idea. Yeah, man. <laughs> I always, I always wondered, um, cause obviously I couldn't have possibly fathomed at the time, uh, what NWL and all the experiences were like for anybody else other than, you know, the 18 year old student that started, you know, mm -hmm. in it like halfway through that year. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously what three years now that it's been since it, since it closed in uh, mm -hmm. having talked to a lot of guys about it and, you know, learning more about the stuff that I didn't know um, back then it's, I, I don't want to say I can understand better that I can relate more, but it's almost kind of like I can, because like, I actually know what, everyone's kind of talking about now and how they kind of see things from because now like obviously i don't have a ton of experience but i have more than i did when i was just a kid in training sure um, so yeah man like it it's interesting to look at it and process how i view it now as opposed to how i did as it was happening and uh to recognize how much i still take from those experiences now three years later um mm -hmm you know now that i'm kind of you know on the road and uh trying to get booked and doing the thing and it's like that's something that even that is so different from for like you versus me because like guys i'm i'm old so like um i had i won't i won't name names or whatever because i don't know if you'd want it. but uh once i was at a an anarchy show and i'd had my match and i was hanging out at the bar as i'm one to do and uh <laughs> this guy came up to me and he had gone to several anarchy shows in a row, helped set up, helped tear down, done whatever, just wanted to get on. And they just mm -hmm. didn't have a spot for him. And I mean, that's gotta be just deflating, but there's times where it's like, 
you know, especially anarchy, like I love the place to death, but like there are times where it's overbooked mm -hmm. and, you know, sometimes you, you can't find, it's not that you don't think somebody's good or you don't appreciate their, their help, mm -hmm. but there's only so much time in the evening. There's only so many spots on the card. And so me and him are sitting there and we're just having a couple of drinks. And he said at one point, he's like, man, he, he sounded so sad. And he goes, man, how many times did you go to a show trying to get booked and being told no before you stopped going? And I had to tell him in all honesty, and this is still true. I have never gone to a wrestling show. I was not booked on. And, that's, <laughs> and here's the thing. That's not like, uh, a, that's in no way, shape or form a brag at all. That's no. just like, and I was like all that time that I said I was traveling and hitting the road and stuff, totally different animal back then. Yeah. You know, like I'm talking about like anywhere from 2009 through 2013, the, the entire industry, especially the independents, were totally different. You didn't have, like, social media was a thing, but it wasn't nearly the monster that it is now. Right. And you could get booked places without having to, quote, show face or anything. Yeah. And frankly, there were more promotions running back then. Mm -hmm. Most of them weren't good, mm. but there were more <laughs> of them. You know, like just in Illinois, just for that matter, in central Illinois, mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. used to occasionally do double shots as in like an afternoon and, a, and an evening show on a Saturday and make it work pretty easily because wow. there would be somebody's running in Peoria and somebody's running in Danville and somebody's running in uh, Salem or whatever the fuck towns. It didn't matter. So all you had to do is be like, hey, I can do your show. Because then I can do this guy's show because the travel lines up, but I have to be on first here and I got to be on last here. Like, yeah, there was just more. There was just more. And wow. now I kind of feel like there's not. And because now people have to like really fucking beg and work and grovel to get on cards. So whenever I gave that response, that was not me shitting on people for doing that mm -hmm. at all. Right. That's just like, that's just the world that we're in now, you know, like different it, times. It, yeah, yeah, dude. Like, uh, I, like I, someday I want to do a whole weird podcast episode about it, but I used to wrestle for a place called Dreamwave up in Northern Illinois. That's the place that like really made me, they had tryout matches and you had your tryout was in front of the boys. Wow. And I love, I love that as a concept. Like, mm -hmm. I think that's a really cool way to, see what you can do with somebody because like how do you know if someone's a good wrestler just because they help set up the ring right yeah yeah great point like it, you know with and i'm not you know i get it but like so they would have tryout matches well i got contact i got found out of the blue basically and contacted and i got brought in and put on the show and then got shoved to the moon so you know what i mean i had a different experience there and I remember a guy asking me, he's like, so who'd you do your tryout match with? And I had to like kind of awkwardly be like, uh, I didn't have one. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, yeah. And, and like, Somebody's going to take offense to that, right? Yeah. Like, even though you don't mean it that it, way. It, absolutely. How, they would. how would you not take offense to it? Yeah. Right. You know, like I, I, that would piss me off if I was in his shoes. Fair enough. You right. Know? But yeah, dude, like it's just, it's wild sometimes to talk to everybody's younger than me, but it's wild to talk to uh the guys like you where i can be like just that culture shock of like that's what it is right you know yeah. <laughs> holy shit like yeah i i know yeah it 
you know, you, <laughs> it's funny that you talk about, you know, uh, just shooting the breeze with younger guys at the bar during shows because not long after we started traveling, uh, the KC Young Boys carload, you did that with us. And <laughs> we saw you at the slot machine in uh, in Spalding and the fucking hashtag money, man. Christian Rose <laughs> ruined my ruined life my because right. you taught us about gambling addiction. <laughs> God, that 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 matches up. I remember the one time I went to Anarchy. I think I met you at the, you were, you were like hanging out by the slot machines. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what, man. Like gambling is. I'm a man of vices. Fair enough. And I told this story before. I used to never gamble, and I was on the way back one night from a show. It was like two o'clock in the morning. Stopped at a truck stop and. uh uh, stopped at a truck stop. Am I still there? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Stopped at a truck stop, ordered some food uh, at an Arby's and uh, they're like, yeah, it's going to be a few minutes. So I went and was just like, I'd have $15. Screw it. So I just threw it in the machine and I was just gambling. And the uh, buddy, my buddy comes up and he's like, oh no, you got to like max bet on that. You won't win anything. So, oh, okay, cool. I was down to $6. <laughs> I walked away with $1,160. Holy what? shit. <laughs> And that was the day that I was like, gambling's pretty cool. <laughs> and so here we are. <laughs> oh man. Holy shit. Let's see, I'm I'm that I'm like I'm I'm in that stage where I'm not a gambler at all because I'm such a cheapskate. I just don't want to lose money. Like if, if I knew I could walk in and profit every time, yeah, I'd go and do it. But yeah. well, you can't. That that that's walking right. in and profit every time, that's just called a job. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, life quotes right there. Holy it's hard. shit. That's but awesome. I, okay, so I do actually kind of I do remember that night because that was fun. Like I think I was winning and I think super somebody else like ended up winning like a couple hundred bucks and that was mm-hmm. that was a good time. But uh no, like I like now I'm at the stage in my like wrestling career where uh I, I like hanging out with young guys like i train kids up here at zawa and a lot of them are good friends of mine uh me and one of my students have our own podcasts called what are we even doing so there's that cheap <laughs> cheap awesome. shill very nice. Uh, very nice yeah hell yeah so the the format basically we watch a show independently like he'll pick one i'll pick one we'll watch a show and then we review it uh so it's fun because I like to pick stuff that he, he's very young as well. So I like to pick stuff that he couldn't possibly have seen. So then he's like, what the <laughs> fuck is ECW? You know? <laughs> oh. And then he's like, oh my God, this is bad. Yeah, well, what it was the awesome. fuck is ECW? <laughs> Mike Awesome's mullet. Man. Dude, I'm trying to get there myself, man. Okay. Nice. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, yeah, man. man. Like, I. You know, obviously, uh, the coaching staff back in the TPC are who, like, I kind of credit um, the most with kind of helping me learn a ton back, you know, when I was getting into it. Um, But afterwards, there's another handful of guys that have helped take me along and really help me learn and grow and kind of hone my craft um, in the years after, you know, my formal uh, training school days. Um, obviously one of them being Mike Seidel because he was another guy that oh, helped us so during the TPC mm-hmm. and he's, yep. yeah, he's amazing. And he, uh, worked he, like, he's obviously like, he's a super good dude and he's really good at wrestling. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, he would kind of, he organized with us. Um, Hey, this time every week, um, 
you know, Craig bought the ring and we would just go at the same day, the same day, same time. And we mm -hmm. kind of just kept training every week as like, mm -hmm. like we did in the NWL. Um, and you're another one of those guys that I kind of think of when I think of uh, bigger influences uh, after my formal student uh, kind of period, because oh. obviously, you know, you're a veteran of the, of the area and of the craft and you know, you, you are one of those guys that like sits with the younger guys at the bar or just talks to them in the locker room. And you and I have, you know, very easily before just, it, just at shows before shows during or after, like, even if it's two or three minutes, it's a pleasant conversation. You know, it's a good back and forth and there's not, not everybody's like that. So uh, right. I, you know, especially guys like you, I have a tremendous appreciation of that kind of stuff for. I appreciate the kind words. Um, I remember talking to you a lot at journey and yeah. I think part of it would have been before you were doing the hair metal. Maybe, okay. If I'm getting this wrong, just correct me. Cause my memory is, <laughs> I think I might bad. know where you're going with this. Yeah. I remember talking to you before you were doing that gimmick. And then we had this like good conversation, I think about character and like how it should be based on some, I I'm a believer that character should be based on something kind of outside of wrestling. And so we were talking about, like, what's your favorite movie? Who's your favorite character from that movie? If that character was a professional wrestler, how would that parlay into wrestling? You know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yep, and I remember that. I, I feel like a couple shows after that was like, oh, he's doing this, like, kind of 80s hair metal. And I was like, this is fantastic. I was like, this is something. Now you're not just a guy doing moves. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a character there. Uh, I will also say that, okay, so after the, the Shotzi run, at journey i was like i'm made they're, right. they're never gonna not book me yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then like after that i had like the shorter and in my mind kind of overlooked run with shark bait so mm -hmm. the whole time though i'm kind of like dude I'm, I'm set it you know what i mean like i can i can i can lose a thousand matches here and it won't matter i'm gonna have a job i don't care right i'm, I'm going to be on these shows yeah and the guys would ask me like well who do you want to work with and you were always on that list we just never actually got to it. Mm. I had a like, list of like oh. six guys that I wanted to at least have matches with or I wanted to have like little programs with. And you were always on that list. And it sucks that we didn't get to it. Yes. Wow. Yes. You know, yes. maybe at some point in the future. Yeah. Because we had like some exchange in a scramble match and it was like over as yes. fuck. I yes. remember that. I remember yep. that. I was going to bring that up to you. Yeah. Like we, it was right. It was the, it was the show after the street fight with Shotzi. And they were like, Rose is going to be the last entrant in the scramble. Uh, he's going to be pissed because he lost at against Shotzi. And, right. you know, y'all are going to do the scramble thing. And I remember you, <laughs> we all just assumed like, oh, Christian Rose is amazing. And he's, you know, he's got tons of experience. So he's going to help us put this together. No problem. And we went to you and you were like, guys, I've never been in one of these. Before. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think uh, that one might have been, I had to like, re I had to go go back and uh, think about it. I think that's only like the third scramble match I've ever been in. Wow. I wow. think I was in that one. One I was in an eight man one at freelance that was a fucking mess. And then um, <laughs> I think I did another one at some other point and like, yeah, but I do kind of also remember that, that exchange of just being like, what are you asking me for? I don't fucking know how these work. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it goes back to that culture shock you were talking about because nowadays that's how a lot of guys I think especially younger guys or newer guys that are trying to like 
get on a show regularly like a lot a lot of shows i feel have those scrambles for that reason i know journey does at least yeah. where they put new guys that they haven't had before in that scramble and see how they do and if they like them and then see if they can come up with something to do with them after that uh i agree and it's weird because i actually just this past thursday i uh, was on a show with gary J, and me and him were talking and i was like because there was a scramble match on that card they had like mm-hmm. 10 fucking people in it and i was like <laughs> Do you remember when you and me, him being Gary or whatever, started? And I was like, and if you were a green kid and you were on the show, but you weren't really on the show, they put you in a battle royal. And he's like, yeah. And I go, and now it's this. And he goes, yeah. And I go, the problem is they're trying to put as many people in a battle royal as they're going to put in a scramble. And I was like, the scramble, at least you can see what people can do. Like, you can't really get much of an impression on somebody from a battle royal. Uh-uh. Right. You know, unless you're one of the last couple of guys and then even then like you know you can't quite display what you do but i was like this is um oof <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've had i <laughs> and we uh just uh just the other day i did a uh i did like a scramble type match with 12 other people and the way they wanted to do it was two men start and every three minutes, three men enter. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. And, and it's not one pin you win. It's you have to eliminate everyone by pin or submission. So what? Why? <laughs> I don't, I don't know, man. Like we, and the best part was the booker never got with us before the show about like what specifically they wanted so why we would like, he try- <laughs> why would he <laughs> we were trying we were trying I, so hard to figure out what to do with this match and I we got to say- a point where we were like fuck it everyone be safe have fun and two minutes before we go out the booker finally is like okay this is what we want and you know this is who's going over this is the kind of story we you want for this match know who was up? and i was the start I was the first guy in it, and I won the thing. <laughs> and like, I will say this. The only thing about this entire concept that you just told me that I'm like, okay, that's kind of cool, is the idea of multiple people coming in. Right? <laughs> like, I'm sitting here like, how how can I ape that idea and make it into something better? Well, I, th- I think about the idea of, like, them just, like, elbow elbowing each other on the way into trying to get See, into the ring. nobody did that yeah. either. Yeah. It was just, like, there was the first, I think the first batch of three, they all walked, like, together, oh, almost no. in unison, down the stage, <laughs> down the ramp, and into the ring. I was like, what? I just, like, you know, I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't that. <laughs> and they're like, and action. You had a three falls match where the first fall was a street fight, the second fall was a ladder match, but there was nothing hanging above the ring. And then <laughs> the, the third fall was, like, hardcore rules or something. And I was like, why not just do one fall and just let us fight? Right. <laughs> there, there's next to no difference between any of these stipulations. This is absolutely acid. <laughs> How does one win a ladder match without something to grab? I don't unless you're pinning some of the. You hit him with the ladder. You hit him with the ladder. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Yeah, you know, there's some there's some scrambles that I look back on very fondly, uh, like the one that we were in together, and Mm -hmm. obviously like the one for the one year anniversary show. Uh, There's other scrambles that you know not as not as not quite as favorable uh, memories. Um, 
minus me killing the kid in the last one. Um, but, <laughs> uh, yeah, the, like yours, the one you were in, I always credit it to being yours for some reason, but, uh, yours was always one that stuck out to me because of that one, like 10 second bit in the scramble where it was just you and me in the ring and we were just looking at each other mm -hmm. and the, the entire crowd in the whole building collectively at the same time went, Oh yeah. shit. We <laughs> like, ate it up. That to, yeah, that to me was like, I got chills and I was like, Oh shit. I was like, is this what it feels like to have them care? <laughs> it's, it's, it's goddamn that, that stupid meme where the guy's like looking at the butterflies. Is this is what this, over? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right? No, like, it was kind of like that. I I I like that match actually. I thought it was a lot of fun. If you actually do go back and rewatch it, my involvement is like nil. Uh, but, and you, um, no, that moment was very good. Uh, that was the thing too, where it's like. I remember, like, when we put it through, like, yeah, this should get a reaction. And then, it, like I said, it was, like, ten times more over than even I thought it was going to be. So I was like, oh, shit, sweet. That that only helps. Um, right. Like, I love that. I love, like, I really miss Journey, man. Yeah. Like, And yes. Journey misses you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. We miss Journey. We, we Journey really miss us. Journey. Like, I, think, I, I think that's the last time we saw you was the Journey Zello Pro <laughs> Uh, show where you finished in that was it a 4v4? Yeah, it ended I think up being a 4v4. 4 I think, yeah. Yeah. I got my favorite and, picture of you where you're just sitting there at the tag, at, like on the side of the apron, drinking a high life while the match is going on. <laughs> <laughs> and you see like JJ Garrett at the corner, just looking at you, you're fucking chugging. And I think like Gary J was getting his ass whooped or who, no, who was it? Yeah, probably. That sounds yeah. like something. <laughs> sounds about right. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was fantastic. It's weird, too, because, uh, and, and, like, okay, what I'm about to say is in no way, shape, or form, like, oh, thank God for COVID or anything. But, um, so I had, after the night of that show, actually, on my way back uh, to Illinois, so I had had this issue, like, way back up to, I think I talked about it the last time I was on here with you guys about blood clots. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was coming home from that show, uh, the Zello Pro versus Journey show, and it's a long drive or whatever. And I was coming home and I was like, my leg feels kind of fucking weird. Mm. And I, I, at first I was like, yeah, I've probably just been sitting in the car too long. And then I get home and I was like, no, I, I think I know what this is. And then the next morning I went to put on a pair of pants and my left calf was so swollen that I couldn't like they, they fit on the right side, but not on the other one. Mm -hmm. I was kind of like, oh shit. So long story short, I ended up going to the hospital that night. And they're like, well, what's wrong? I was like, pretty sure I have another blood clot in my leg. And so they're like, well, what? why would you say that? And I was like, <laughs> I've been here before. <laughs> so anyways, they checked me out and I did. So nothing bad happened. I didn't even have to stay overnight or anything. Okay. Uh, I just had to get back on uh, medication on blood thinners. Mm -hmm. So they were like, basically, you're back on your medication for life. You can't get off of it. It's like, okay. And they're like, Long travel, not a good idea. Physically intense things, not a good idea. This, that, and the other. I was like, well, that's pretty much my entire existence again, so here we go. So if you'll remember, it was announced that I was actually finishing up with Journey. Yeah. And I was going to have, like, my last match there. And basically my plan at that point was I have to cut down on the travel time. I was going to basically just stay in Illinois. And because of, you know, these blood clots and such, 
I didn't even get to do that because then COVID fucking happened. Yeah. So, right. and again, this is not me saying like, oh, okay, cool, fair trade, because it's not. The benefit to that, though, is that like now that I've been on my medicine for like the past year plus or whatever, because I wasn't on it when mm-hmm. the Zello Pro Journey uh, show happened, I'm totally fine. All yeah. I have to do is awesome. take a pill in the morning and a pill at night, and I'm good. So as long as I do that, I can travel. I don't. I have had no like ill effects of wrestling or anything like that. Good. So now it's a thing where it's like, fingers crossed. You know, when Journey comes back, dude, I'm there. You know, and I mm-hmm. don't have to be concerned about any of this shit. Mm-hmm. So, and again, I'm not saying that that makes it okay because I would rather just be like, yeah, guys, I never went back there. If that would make COVID not happen, mm-hmm. that's more than a fair trade. <laughs> yeah. you know I mean, it's like go back to and be like. Yeah, fuck it. I'm, I'll wrestle white and I'm out. You know, <laughs> yeah. but um, just in me trying to find a positive for it, uh, yeah. it's kind of like, okay, cool. At least now I know that, like, you know, if and when Journey starts up again, you know, I'm and there. it is when rather than if. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I've, you know, I, I haven't uh, stayed like super in touch with them the entire year, but um, I have, I have been in touch with DJ, and he like. They want to come back. They want to do it the right way. Um, they obviously lost Kanza, so yeah. they're still in the process of like trying to find the right venue, and they want to be able to do it with fans and all that. So, I patience will eventually uh, pay off. So, have you heard about what they turned Kanza into? They turned it into a huge esports uh, arena where they have that part. They bought all the bars in that block area, so it's all esports and gaming now. So where the ring was is just a bunch of PCs. So far be it for me to insult somebody's passion and subculture, but lame. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> we were all pretty bummed. About- I I think whatever it would have turned out to be, I don't think anyone would have really been happy about it. Since you know, can't I mean that was a special place. Another another great Kansas City place. I've lived here long enough to see the start and finish of a couple things. It's like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, your tenure's starting to show. I know, no shit. I've I've been here long enough to see like venue changes, like the Sprint Center's turned into the T-Mobile Center. Like that's how I know. Like I've lived in a place long enough. (laughs) Right. Yeah, man. I and you know, like (laughs) it, man. Like it when you uh, mentioned that you included me on a short list of guys that you eventually wanted to work at Journey. It did. It did. It does shock me. But uh, no, no, dude. I thought it would have been money. It, I, it, I, I had like, dude, I used to just bother fucking uh, Walter and everybody else that was in charge. Be like, I got this idea. I got this idea. I got this idea. I know you're not going to fire me. I, got this idea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care if I'm annoying you. Uh, no, like I, I had this idea where it was going to be like, I was like, no, let, let I think one of them was actually just going to be like, just let him beat me. Mm-hmm. Just clean How as a sheet. You. Didn't matter. How I was like, you. I was like. <gasps> Part of me was like, I, I remember I had like two or three different ideas. One of them was going to be like a feud. And then the other part of me was like, I kind of just been doing just feuds here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, even when I was having matches, it tied into the Shotzi thing. Mm-hmm. And then I went straight, basically straight into the shark bait thing. Right. And I think with you, I was like, fuck it, man. What, what if we just built this idea around like a win loss thing or whatever for, for Dallas? And then he, he, fuck it. He beats me. And they were like, would you want to do that? It's like, I just fucking, it was my idea. <laughs> <laughs> Why would I suggest it? Be like, what? No. 
Uh, it was my idea. The best idea. <laughs> I have one. Nothing. No part of this. Whatsoever. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good idea. I don't want any part. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah, that that blows my mind, man. And I'm so thankful and appreciative uh, that you consider me that way. Um, and like after I thought about it for a brief second, while I can't remember, somebody somebody else was talking, and I a light bulb went off in my head about a memory from that scramble where we all got done, and uh, after we got to the back. You know, we were doing the whole, everything okay? Yeah, everything good? Right. Thanks for the match? All that stuff. And uh, you came to me and you were like, dude, they, like, that sp- that moment, you know? And <laughs> I was like, yeah, I heard that too. Like, that was crazy. And he was like, you know what that means? I'm going to see you down the road. And you just walked <laughs> off. And you left me just, like, sitting there kind of like, <laughs> oh, shit. Because, <laughs> like, no, no, no you go ahead. No, no, you. All right, well, I... I I mean, I was going to say, I'm still kind of, especially since COVID kind of put a screeching halt on Journey and everything. I don't know. I still feel like I'm I'm scrambled Dallas, and I'm not like, okay, this is a guy we're going to start building up and building around Dallas because, you know, I'm still 22, only on year, I'm in, the, what, I'm two years into my fourth year. Like now? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Every but, week you know, we say like, something that'll throw yeah, us off and yeah. realize how young he is. And we're like, fuck, we're old. You're, you're almost young enough that if I was a complete fuck up, you could have been my kid. I told him the same fucking thing when I met him. <laughs> like, oh. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, I don't know, but uh, yeah, like I still feel like, I don't know. And you, you know what I'm talking about. There's like a perception about younger guys in wrestling. And when they're in their first few years, Oh, you're green kid. And like the way that can kind of go into dynamics with people in locker rooms and all that kind of stuff. And it's such a like refresher for me and a feel good thing when there's somebody who's like opinion, I respect who I look up to whose opinion that I value that says something positive about me, I'm like, oh, thank God, I'm not a fuck up. <laughs> well, so like, okay, so here's the thing, and this may end up devolving into another rant, but like, in my mind, the the, the thing that quote unquote veterans need to like keep in mind when they're in their little world, their promotion or whatever, because like every promotion has their guys, right? And that's fine. That's the way it's supposed to be. the The problem is that you have their guys who don't want to give anything back and they just want to keep their spot. They want to keep being the guy in that place. And it's an issue because if nobody else comes up and nobody else gets over on a long enough timeline, bro, you're not going to be over. Mm -hmm. So to me, once you get to that certain point in a promotion, whether you're young, old experienced or whatever, you have to start getting other people over because Mm -hmm. if everyone is over, then it's good business for everybody. That's when you're selling tickets. That's when you're selling merch. That's when the venues are happy because they're packed and everything else. So to me, like I said, once I got to that certain point with Journey where I was like, fuck it, I'm made. You know right. what I mean? Like, I can I can do yeah. anything. Like, my main goal when I started there was to, to do that feud with Shotzi and to get over so that other people can get over from her or from me. Um sorry uh so anyways like that's the thing too where it's like that's the view that's the mindset that i wish more quote-unquote veterans had and then on the end of like young guys i wish that most of them were just more social like it's a very social business and it's very clicky i understand that but it's like i go to shows even now 
and you just see these like packs of guys that are 25 or less. And even if you're talking to a, a vet who doesn't actually know his shit, even if you learn what not to do, right. there's something. So like, rather than ask someone after, hey, did you watch my match? Why not ask them before, hey, can you watch this? Mm-hmm. And tell me what you think. Don't be afraid to like talk to somebody just because they've been wrestling for two years or 10 years or however long more than you. That shit doesn't matter. Time in the business doesn't matter. I can't, sorry, I'm, I'm raving now. I can't speak for shit vets who talk about like, well, I've been doing this for 15 years. Bro, The Rock was only in the Fed for seven. So mm-hmm. why aren't you a bigger deal than he is? Like, if it's only based on time, why are there so many 20 and 25-year vets working in shit shows in front of shit people having shit matches? Right. Like, it's not... You know what I mean? It's time doesn't equal skill. Time doesn't equal knowledge. Time doesn't equal ability or wisdom. I, I've worked with guys that are five years younger than me in the industry, and they know a, a thousand times more than I do. And it's just kind of like, fuck yeah, that guy's good. He's mm-hmm. smart. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, mm-hmm. Who cares why? Who cares how long he's been in? That's not what matters. Like, yeah, I don't know, like, like I appreciate the like the sentiment of a lot of guys, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, just have a discussion. Yeah. You know, like, Hey, I've only been doing this for a few years. What do you suggest? Or on the other side of things, dude, I'm out of touch. What do you suggest? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's crazy to me that people, that so many people in a business that is based on performing in front of crowds of strangers have no social skills. Right. And sorry, I I, I got like, no, 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 I mean, I think, no, you prove a good point because, and I've noticed that in my own experiences is like, as somebody who had like social struggles, uh, you know, as a teenager and stuff, uh, initially that didn't transfer into wrestling because NWL, I feel like was just a different, like I had to get along with people and Mm -hmm. there were people of the right mindset and the right attitude that you mentioned that like, it was easier for me to like start getting better at socialization and all that kind of stuff. And then I got out of that into a world where there's no guaranteed money. There's no guaranteed work. Not everybody's there every week. Guaranteed money. Right. right. But like, you know what I mean? Like there's less security. So people are less worried about others and more about themselves and getting secure with, with what they, with everything that involves them and less Mm -hmm. others. So, like, do you think that's, like, a cultural thing in wrestling, or do you think that's just some people and, like, their nature? I think that it's, it's I mean, dis- decidedly a cultural thing in wrestling, but I think it probably bleeds into other avenues of entertainment as well. Mm-hmm. Um, in my mind, like, wrestling, professional wrestling, specifically on the independent level, can't really be compared to anything, but if I'm forced to compare it to anything, it's actually comparable to being in a band because you're going to spend a lot of money you're probably not going to get paid that well. You're going to deal with shitty venue owners. You're going to just deal with a variety of audience members. And, and again, these parallels are flimsy at best, but that is the closest thing I can think of. But at the same time with being in a band and I've never been in a band, by the way, I have no musical talent whatsoever, none. <laughs> um, or being a wrestler, there are guys that get booked because they're social. 
There are guys yeah. that get booked because, and to me, that that's even a thing in like real life. Like every person has somebody that they work with at their job where they're like, "Hey, man, he's not very good at his job, but he makes the shifts fun." Right. That's me. And that's fine. <laughs> and then there's also people that are like super skilled at their job, and you don't want to deal with them because they're a miserable asshole. <laughs> and for me, with wrestling. I think guys just need to aim to find that sweet spot in the middle. Like I I've wrestled guys that are infinitely more skilled than I am and more successful and they're fucking dickheads. And I have no <laughs> step in a ring with them ever again. Yeah. And then I've wrestled guys that are not good to say the least, but it was fun and they're cool oh. to hang out with. So whenever I see I'm on a show with them, I'm like, hell yeah, at least that guy's going to be there, you know, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's a pro and a con because it's an entertainment industry, but at the same time, like the way you carry yourself, the way you handle yourself can either help or uh, negate your talent. Yeah. No. I mean, we see that all the time now in 2021. Somebody's an asshole or does something, you know, not great. And most of them should, (laughs) you know, like, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, just giving people consequences, you know, mm-hmm. the band comparison yeah. thing is, is the realest thing. Like when I started getting into independent wrestling, like I, I was in bands for 10, 15 years and playing shows to shitty promoters, weird crowds, you know, and stuff like that. And yeah. And when I first got into independent wrestling, it, it seems like the same thing. It's the same kind I, of scene. You have your people who like certain types of genres of things huh? and you'll go on. And sometimes you'll see wrestling setups like band setups where you'll see, a punk band headlining followed up by like a ska band and then like a spoken word or something like that. And you'll see that on a wrestling bill, you know? And yeah, man, it's definitely, it's, it's, huh? (laughs) I'm running a show actually at my job. Uh, I work at a restaurant. We're having a show at my job is our show. I would plug it now, but it's already happened by the time this comes out. So, Mm. um, and talking to my boss about this has been an experience say the least, because at one point, She's like, well, how much is it going to cost to run a show here? I'm like, well, you got to run a ring and you got to pay the roster and then you got to advertise and you have to have an actual physical setup. So I crunched some numbers and it's a Zawa live show. So it's not like I'm, you know, we're, we're not bringing in Lesnar or some shit. You know right. what I mean? <laughs> uh, so I crunched the numbers and I shoot her a price and she goes, well, I can get a band for like, less than half of that and i go yeah but they don't fall the fuck down (laughs) (laughs) depend on the band not not safely anyways yeah Yeah. you know it's it's a thing where i think that there are business owners and venue owners that they they don't get what wrestling is maybe until they see it Mm -hmm. and and then i think that if you deliver on that first time out in the new building then they're kind of like okay even if we don't like this we get this, mm-hmm. you know, like we understand what the appeal here is. Right. That makes sense. I feel like in also, you know, with the band analogy, you've got the one old guy in the back corner just yelling free bird all the damn time. <laughs> yep. There was, that, there was always that guy <laughs> Yeah, to where I started oh, yeah. to learn the beginning of free bird just to start trolling him back. <laughs> so good times. My only good story that involves that song is uh, the first time that I ever went to a strip club in my life. I, I actually, this may shock you. I didn't want to go. Uh, I didn't have like any money. And so I'm there and I'm like, I'm just trying to like, you know, hang out and pass time or whatever. 
observe what I can observe for free. And a uh, girl comes up to me and, and asked if I was interested in a, a lap dance. And I had never been to a strip club, so I don't know how this shit works. And I was like, well, what, you know, how does this work? What are the rules? And she tells me a price or whatever. And she goes, and I was like, well, how long is a lap dance? And she goes, oh, it's for one song. And I'm like, oh, well, can I pick the song? She goes, no, why? And I'm like, there's a version of Freebird that's live and it's 27 minutes. <laughs> yes. She was not amused. <laughs> I did not play that song or get that lap. So. <laughs> that's, you know what? This is really funny. Uh, <laughs> so uh, in order to pay for my wrestling school, I was a delivery driver for Pizza Hut. Oh, I thought we were going and, to the stripper uh, story. <laughs> it was my first day uh, delivering and we were, I was doing the closing shift and we're about to wrap up. So we're like doing our wrap up stuff. And then an order comes in on the computer and I'm the only driver there now. So I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to go take this order. Um, I get the ticket for the order to put with the bag and I look and the name on the ticket is like cherry. And I was like, okay, I guess somebody put cherry on the name tab. So I put in the address, I drive, it's a strip club just outside of town. <laughs> I was 18 at the time. <laughs> I had obviously never been to a strip club. So I park, go up to the door. I open the door. There's a security dude who has to buzz me into the next to open the door to actually get in the club. Um, so I open the door. I see him in the window and I'm like, uh, I have a delivery here. And he just, hits the buzzer and goes, and he like nods his head like silently. And I was like, oh, oh. I literally pointed at the door by my like, Oh, through there. And he was like, <laughs> I was like okay. <laughs> so I opened the door and I go down this like a uh, winding hallway on the right is the locker room for the girls. And on the left is the bar and the stage and the lounge and everything. So like there's girls going back and forth as I'm trying to meander through this hall. One of them goes, Oh, yay, pizza's here. And I feel her grope my ass uh, <laughs> as she walks past me in the hall. So I make the delivery, scared shitless. I leave. I come back to deliver to the same strip club the next week, only to the manager who's got his boys uh, to, for whatever purpose. And uh, so they bring me inside. I put all their food at the table. And uh, they start, like, paying me. And they're all chipping in. And one of them puts his hand on my shoulder. He goes, ah, oh, shit, man. Uh, I don't have any cash on me. But, hey, I'll tell you what. I'll tip you a lapper. And I go, what? No. <laughs> he, says, he says, sit down, kid. I'll tip you a lapper. I was like, what do you? He says, a lap dance, dude. And I was like, hmm. Pivotal moment in my life right now. <laughs> do I choose free lap dance or my job? Because I will get you're, fired. You're, your choice here is going to impact our relationship going forward. I want you to Every, know. That. Everyone has said that. And my relationship has suffered because I went back to work to pay you for my wrestling. I had to pay for wrestling school, Christian. We're going to have a match at some point, And whatever your finish is, I'm up at one. I want you to know that. I, I thought you were just going to come back full with glitter or something. You're it's, just a great, it's a great story with a terrible ending, but uh, how did like, you get out of that situation? How do you like turn down a lap dance at like a strip club? 
Especially when it's being I offered free. They must the have, same question, man. But I mean, I said, they must have looked day, at you like you were crazy. Every day. <laughs> well, maybe not every day, but I, I told him, I said, dude, I appreciate that more than you can know. But the, here's the thing. They have a timer at work. They know how long I'm gone. And if that gets too high, someone's going to get suspicious because it, it has like a uh, expected time until return. Right, right. Like, so it would have known how long I had been before Bro, coming back from this delivery. <laughs> 11 p.m. traffic, you know? I also... But I will say I like the phrase lapper. I think lapper. that's funny. Yeah. Right? Like, I, 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 I too did not know how strip clubs worked, so I, I didn't know how long I would be, but I already knew that I was going to... Like, I just... No. It, there, I needed this job because I needed to learn how to wrestle. You're like, play a fast so, song. So, see, here's the thing, Rose. If I had said yes, then who knows? Maybe I would have got fired, never would have afforded training, and you and I wouldn't be friends. How about yeah, that? that's a pessimistic way to look at it, my man. Sorry if you're a glass-half-empty type of guy. Coming from the bitter low life, that's a fucking, that's some words. <laughs> oh. That's, oh, yeah, that hits even harder. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man funny so uh, you know i guess i'll ask christian how, how you, you talked about during the pandemic you've kind of been able to heal up which is good because i guess i was listening to that interview this morning so i was going to ask you how you were doing so I'm, I'm glad to hear you're doing better but like how, how have you been spending the pandemic just watching movies oh man like I, i've watched a lot of movies uh i i actually worked more at my job during the pandemic than i think i did before oh wow uh, yeah I, like I, I lucked out. Like I was one of the ones that like didn't lose work or anything. So you know, Good. I mean, like, thank God. Yeah. But um, yeah, like the couple months that I was off and everything, uh, it was weird because when I didn't have wrestling on the weekends because there wasn't any, it's kind of like okay, right. well, I'm at home. So uh, I've built a gym in my garage. I am doing this thing now where I work out every day for a year. It's going great. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I watched a lot of movies during the pandemic. I watched a lot of uh, horror movies and stuff. I started. I think everybody started like shopping online more during mm-hmm. the pandemic as well. Um, yeah. I have become pseudo addicted to Amazon, so I'm part of the problem. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like I, uh, dude, we have so many streaming services now. Like we don't even have cable. We just yeah. have streaming. That's, that's I, dude, much, we haven't had cable for like years. Yeah. And it's crazy because it's like, there's so many things, like there's so many times where I'm like, I just wish I could take two days and just watch TV. And then the way that my mind is wired is when I get a day off or two days off of work or something, I have to do shit. Yeah. I yeah. can't make myself not do stuff. Like, you know, we're, remodeling or remodeling i guess you would call it our front yard right now at my house so like yesterday the day before whatever yesterday i'm like ripping up mulch and mm. uh tying a bush to my truck to rip it out of the ground and all this other shit and then i'm kind of like man i kind of just want to sit down and watch something that i've never seen before that i've been told is bad anyone <laughs> ever seen dune because i haven't seen dune and i hear it's terrible are you talking about the David Lynch one? Like, yeah, 
I was I wanted to watch that as well. My wife, because I saw we saw the trailer for the new Dune, and I was like, oh, I'd like to watch the old one beforehand. I too have heard pretty terrible things, and it's David Lynch, so it could be hit or miss. But I think I'm going to watch it soon too, because I want to see it before the movie. The movie looks uh, really good. The new one. The, yeah, it. Uh, I don't know. I have like my taste in entertainment is so like sporadic, and it's for wrestling, it's for movies, it's for everything. Where it's like, I like a good action movie. I like a good uh, monster movie. I love monster movies. I, I'm all about, give me some giant animal puppies crushing shit. I'm, I'm there, right? But for some reason, whenever something's in space, I'm just kind of like, like, and when I say that, I mean like you're, you're a space epic, you know, oh, something okay. like that. I'm kind of like, Ugh, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, give me a... Star Wars? Or, huh? Star Wars? This is going to blow your mind. I've never seen any of them. Wow. Wow. That was something I missed when I was a kid, and then now as an adult, I I just don't want to get into them. Like when I was a kid, I loved Indiana Jones. Yeah, that was my you. you know that was my equivalent at that point. So yeah. then, um, dating myself further, I was in high school when the prequels came out. So there was a lot of people my age and older that were like, "Oh my god, you know we're getting episode one." I'm like, "Guys, it was Muppets in space. Like, what what are you so <laughs> flipped out about? Like, you know what I mean? Like." Yeah, it, it just never clicked for me. Um, hmm. I like a good survival movie. I love a good dark. I I like a good dark comedy. Mm-hmm. I don't like horror comedy because I think they never work. Um, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead works, okay. but I almost think that's more just a straight comedy with yeah yeah zombies. Me too. Like, zombie. <laughs> yeah, zombie. Ooh, that, I like that. Um, <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, okay, I'm going to watch something that is so emotionally intense that I just need the living room to myself. <laughs> I'm going to wait until the missus goes to bed. I'm going to turn <laughs> on Prisoners and just be stoked. I love that movie, by the way. If you haven't seen Prisoners, you can watch Prisoners. Um, and then there's other times where I'm like, I need something so mindless that I'm not even thinking. I'm going to turn on Rampage. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Got you. Like, I just watched a Mortal Kombat movie this past weekend. I've been meaning to. Yeah, I haven't watched that yet. Oh, I've seen it. Like, I had, like, a passing interest in the games when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, God, I'm, I'm, like, the worst nerd of all time because I'm not a video game guy either. <laughs> and so I'm just kind of like, all right, well, I'll, I'll watch this, I guess. And I was like, all right, it's fine. Yeah. You know, it's a movie about a video game where people fight each other. Mm-hmm. How can it be, right? Simple mm-hmm. enough. Yeah. It's like watching a death match. How good can it be? Womp, womp, right. Bang, bang. Um, so then I go to work and one of my friends is there is talking about it. He's like, yeah, but like they got the story wrong and the mythology. And I was like, there's a story to this shit. <laughs> yeah. Surprisingly yeah. for a fighting game. I, it's, funny, it out. it's funny. You mentioned death matches and you, you know, your homage there. Cause I told the guys this like a couple episodes ago, I've been reading his book. And it's like oh. the first wrestler's book that I've yeah. read. And, you know, I never had an ambition to do a death match before reading this. But now that oh, I've read it, no. I never, ever, ever will ever in my life Thank without God. a chance. Thank you. Thank you. That did not will, go where I thought it was going to. will never it. happen. He affirmed every, like, trepidation and, like, Every possible negative negativity I could think about a death match, he affirmed it to the tenth degree. So. Dude, like for me, like my thing is like I, I'm not a fan 
for a litany of reasons, right? And I understand that there's a market for it. I understand there are fans of it and everything else, and that's fine. Like what you like, by all means. I don't. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm not going to. And I part of it for me, part of it is I just feel like the bar has gotten raised so high at this point that like something very, very bad is going to happen. Yeah. On a, you know, on a long enough timeline, we keep escalating shit in that, in that genre of, of it. And, uh, and I don't want that. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't wish that on anybody. When people get hurt in wrestling, it's bad for wrestling. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm sorry. Nobody's going to convince me otherwise. It, you know, they keep pushing the ante and they push it and push it and push it. It's, some some really fucking awful is going to happen to somebody doing one of those, and it's going to fuck shit up for a lot of people. Yeah, and that's my that's my my top tier uh, issue with them. You know, like, yeah. but I, I mean, also it doesn't fundamentally make any sense. But you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, no, you're you're not <laughs> wrong. It's wild. It seems like you're right. It has its own audience, man. That, yeah, I, I, that, that, and like well, I said, like if if you like it, that's great. If it entertains yeah. you, that's fine. I don't like romantic comedies. They're going to keep fucking making them. So <laughs> yeah, like, right. Good point. I get it. But, uh, I don't know. I, I, but to me also, I will say that like, even if I don't like it, I think that is part of the beauty of pro wrestling. And it goes back to like the, the band's analogy that you made, or even uh, like films or movies is that you can have different versions of this. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. my, my taste in wrestling even is more fucked than my taste in other shit. You know, like some of my favorite wrestlers of all time are like, uh, uh, Johnny Saint and Toshiaki Kawada, you know, where, you nice. know, like this shit just doesn't add up. Like, uh, my girlfriend is the nicest person that's ever lived on this earth. Her favorite wrestler of all time is Stan Hansen. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, How hilarious. Know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like, you know, I love like, I, I just, I always liked hearing people's favorites because I feel like there's always that one in there where you're like, wait, what? Uh-huh. You know, like for me, it's like I love Chris Jericho and Orton and Christian and uh, uh, well, Benoit and then Kawada. And it's like, well, wait, hold on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, that last one there doesn't quite line up with these other guys. That's interesting. I should probably find my Kawada because, yeah, I don't know. I've never like. I it's you know because we always talk about like oh you know I love this guy I love this guy but we never like I don't know at least I've never gone like top five must watch favorites like mm-hmm. these are like or guys that have influenced me the most especially because I try not to pull directly from guys like at all right. even though even though it's unavoidable um but you know what I mean um but I uh, guess Undertaker is on my list. Oh yeah, Undertaker is one of my absolute favorites of all time, and that flies in the face of most of the shit that I like in wrestling because I like more reality-based characters. And you know that makes sense. Yeah, no, you're a hundred percent right. And like, so (laughs) I when we were talking about death matches, I kind of I thought of this question because um, I've traveled with Jeremy Wyatt a couple times to like St. Louis, and um, I noticed that one of his favorite pastimes especially like on the road is to find awful awful wrestling and watch it so yeah i wanted to ask you do you get a kick like jeremy wyatt out of watching awful wrestling 
Fuck yeah, dude. I absolutely yeah. <laughs> like I, I talk about this a lot. Like I for me, I only want to watch wrestling if it's like just god tier good or if it's just bottom of the barrel. It's the <laughs> shit in between where it's like, yeah, that's okay. Where I'm like, this is a waste. I don't you know, who cares? I don't want this. Yeah. I, I need either Taker versus Sean or like Levi McDaniel versus a, a fucking clown or something. Yes. Like, I, I, yes. I, I, Thank you for saying that name. Fuck him, dude. Uh, I, I challenge Have you seen the video? Woods. Huh? Have you seen the sacrifice video? I have no idea what you're referencing. Oh, thank. That's awesome. So, <laughs> He's so got something to show you. Have seen it. Um, <laughs> Wyatt sent me a link to a YouTube video that uh, somebody made. I will not say their name in public. That uh, <laughs> it's a Levi McDaniel highlight reel set to Creed's My Sacrifice. I don't want to interrupt, but this sounds fundamentally impossible. <laughs> that's that's the whole that's the thing, man. Right? Like you're interested in How the stuff? in the pitch now because of that. How many stomps are in that highlight video? How Ooh. many times does this highlight him stomping somebody? Ooh. <laughs> That's a good question. I'll have to count. You have to think about it, which means there's at least one, and nobody <laughs> should ever have a stomp in a highlight video. That's the problem. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Once we're done here, I'm sending you that link so that you can then watch it and then tell me what your reaction is. I can't <laughs> wait to respond to you just completely enraged. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward to it so much. And people so say, I, why do you drink? <laughs> <laughs> so I want to say, to, uh, uh, to, to piggyback off that, I want to say two words to you and tell me if they mean anything to you. Lady Pride. Honestly, no, I have no idea. Okay, good. So I'm sending you two links uh, once we're done here. Uh, <laughs> Stack them up, cue them up. <laughs> yeah, like and you, these are both compliments of Wyatt. So thank you, Wyatt. Um, yeah. But yeah, th there's like, I honestly I let's did talk not. About you go ahead. Let's Let's talk about something good then, like Jeremy Wyatt. Absolutely. We should because he's, uh, he's yeah, because yeah. he's still been, uh, I mean, obviously everybody's activity to some extent has gone dramatically down in the last yeah. year, but he's still been like, uh, he's been doing a little bit uh, recently, I've, I've seen. Mm -hmm. And I saw him at that, uh, when I did that 12-man clusterfuck scramble. Uh, right. He he was with Craig and they were traveling on the way to Texas and uh, they did they did a pre-show tag match and I uh, got to talk to him a little bit before they had to hit the road to Texas. But uh, yeah, he <laughs> dude, why it's a guy that like like I, I like to think that I'm fairly smart about wrestling, but he's real goddamn smart. Like I yeah. love talking to him about shit like he's the perfect thinking man's pro wrestler and mm -hmm. he's got a lot of shit that i'm like i completely agree with him on and everything and i i like the way that he carries himself in the ring i like the way that he structures his matches and it blows me away how much he's able to do just quote on the fly mm -hmm. yeah. You, you know, yeah like like the intricacy of what he's able to do on the fly because it's like like i like doing basically like here's how we start i want to plan the back third and everything right. in the middle, I don't give a shit about. We'll make it up. And he's got, you know, that back 16th of it. <laughs> and everything else is just freehand, which is incredible to me. Like, that's almost, that's, that's shit that, like, you can't teach, you know. And it's 
I, I, I don't know, man. I think he's great. I'm glad that he's finally getting some like real buzz. I saw he's doing the, uh, the, the SCI. Yeah. And everything. And I'm like, it like long overdue. Yes. You know, absolutely. Like, yeah. He, yeah, <laughs> you're absolutely right. Yeah. Like he, I, especially when ring of honor started bringing back the pure division, I was like, okay, How? where's How Jeremy they- Wyatt? <laughs> like, Especially, I just that don't know. Badass he's been match. in there. He's Done. been in there with Yehi. He's been in there with Gresham. Gresham. So like, yeah. and in pure rules matches, Dak. Times. <laughs> so he's been in a. Uh, what well, he's wrestled Dak, but not in pure rules. I don't think. But no, still, but he's, he's wrestled, wrestled Dak. Dak a bunch. Yeah. So like, yeah, I don't know how he's not getting thrown in there, even just to show up. Like that's know. it's just one of those mysteries. Yeah. <laughs> So what about you, man? You got anything coming up? No, no. I've been. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, I'm not trying to laugh. <laughs> no, dude. It's it's funny because you know I like I've I've gone back and forth in this and like my relationship with wrestling has changed due to the past year. I just don't really understand. I don't know how yet. So that's still something that I'm trying to figure out. Just like you know myself. Um, but like I've been open to doing stuff if it's, you know, done right. Cause I did, uh, I did a show in December and got COVID. Um, I did, <laughs> let's see, I did one show in like August or September and I did a crowdless taping and that was kind of it outside of last weekend for the last mm-hmm. year. Um, and there's obviously, you know, a bunch of outside wrestling stuff too, but. I've I've been staying uh at you know staying active like going to train every week and just trying to like uh you know whether it's film study or uh working on stuff that I do um you know some stuff that I want to make staples and stuff like that um but man it's really hard when you can't test your shit out yeah I uh you you mentioned you had it in December. I caught a bad case of the liberal hoax back in November, oh, and then uh, <laughs> just recently got my second uh, injection of microchips. And we did too. We did too. Uh, yeah, and I, I, my, I'm yeah. loving these microchips. Uh, my five G has gone up. <laughs> As I say, yeah, my five G signal is so much stronger. I feel the five G antenna. I'm just happy that now the government can track my movements and see that I'm going back and forth between the same four places every day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that'll, that'll show them. Uh, well, <laughs> Hey man, like not to like bail out or anything, but like, I kind of want to jump off of here within the next few minutes or whatever. But yeah. I no, no. yeah. There, uh, if uh, you ever want to like, just, I don't know, wrestle a little bit, hit me up and I can easily get you on it. Sour. I know a guy who works there. <laughs> oh really? That's awesome. Uh, I will, without a doubt be doing that then okay sounds great there you go yeah awesome thank you man i appreciate that hey no problem well we'll get you out of here um it was it was good talking to you man because yeah, i know you, you you kind of hopped off twitter a while back and yeah dude respectively uh, so i mean that if you want like i'm not i'm not saying i got a bolt right now but like uh yeah dude the, the twitter thing is wild for me because so i i don't normally do new year's resolutions but that year it was like winding down on the end of the year. It was about to start 2020. So foolish me. I, I was like, oh, new year, fresh, you know, fresh change. <laughs> Winging a miss. Um, 
And I got to this point with Twitter where I was like, I, I'm not enjoying this anymore. Like, this yeah, isn't shit. Fun. That's me. Yeah. And I was like, I, I got to this point where I was like, I don't think that my tweets are selling tickets for any show that I'm on. And I don't like what this has become. Like, for me, once it had gotten to this point of, you can't even really tell a joke because somebody's going to get hot about it. Or when I was like, just constantly seeing people like, I understand that like have an opinion by all means, have an opinion, speak your mind. That's, that's totally fine. Try to have an informed opinion. Right. And if you don't have an informed opinion, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And when I kept seeing people speak, just quite frankly, idiocy or ignorance I'll go with that ignorance because they don't know what they're talking about. It's not that they're stupid. It's not that they're bad people or anything. They're not educated onto what they're talking about. And a lot of it was with wrestling and a lot of it was with other shit. Mm-hmm. I was like, but even if you try to say, Hey, here's why you think that. And here's why it's not right. Then you get called out and you get called like a bully and this, that, and the other. And I'm like, no, you don't know what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You you mm-hmm. know read up on it. Do you're holding a machine in your hand that has the entire knowledge of the world available at your fucking fingertips. Right. Take five minutes. Take two and a half minutes and just be like, why this, that, the other, and figure it out before you say something. And you can't correct people anymore. And once I got to the point, I was like, so you can't correct people if they're uninformed. You can't make a joke. My tweets aren't moving tickets. Why am I doing this? And it's like, I've had a lot of people message me and they were like, hey man, we really miss you on Twitter. You were funny, this, that, and the other. And that's great. I appreciate it. I really do. But I was just kind of like, man, this just isn't for me. You know what I mean? I was like, I I don't even like to use the word toxic, but I was like, this is getting there for me. I was like, I'm spending too much time on this godless time suck of a website. (laughs) And... Yeah, I was just kind of like, fuck it, I'm out. So New Year's Eve, I deleted my shit. That was it. And the crazy part to me is that I've literally had people like wrestling fans or like other, you know, wrestling people who thought I was dead or (laughs) retired because I got on Twitter. And I'm like, no, man, like I've stayed pretty active. Like I've. I wrestled like studio shows and a few sporadic bookings through the pandemic, you know, as safely as possible. Mm -hmm. And then now it's like, I'm booked every weekend for the past month. And the next, I think, I think I don't have a weekend off until like the end of June. That's awesome. Wow. But people are like, Oh, well he's not on Twitter. Who, who could care? You know what I mean? Like you're not even people who are buying tickets to come see me wrestle. Like you, for that matter, you weren't paying for my witty jokes on Twitter. Fuck you. (laughs) Come back with just a PayPal uh, link, right? (laughs) You want content, pay for it. That's the only thing you tweet. I just started an OnlyFans. I was going to say just Just start an OnlyFans. There you go, bro. That'd be that's only Rose. Like ten second videos of me saying things that I would tweet. That'd be amazing. There you go. See, you're onto these and killer see ideas. How much you could get for it, man? Yeah, hey. <laughs> Dude, maybe I will. shoot your shot. So, honestly, like I, I love that that somehow got brought up because, honestly, that's had a lot to do with why I don't think I feel the same about wrestling as I did uh, a year ago or 
whether I look at it the same or, you know, things like that. And like, I don't want to say it's, you know, jadedness or bitterness or anything like, because I'm too young. I feel like I'm too young. I haven't been around long enough to get better, you know, like, and, and it, yeah. Right. And there's so much to still have gratitude for, even if there was some bitterness and, uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, you know, negate the fact that Twitter is what it is right now, uh, for better and mostly for worse. Um, and I've kind of just through experiences realized that, you know, sometimes people are going to think what they want about something that you post or something that they hear through word of mouth. And people will either start deciding we don't want to travel with him because we don't want heat or, we don't want to work with him because he's, you know, he's sure. this, that, or the other thing. And there are people that have, you know, maybe never had a real conversation with me or they have had one conversation with me at a show in a certain context that is not, you know, accurate to, it, it becomes that one instance is all that you are. And then it becomes right. confirmation bias and it, you know, and it snowballs and snowballs. And, you know, I just, I don't know, like, I feel like I'm too young to be like, seeing things this way or it's not worth the headache exactly like a genuine question is does does the amount of followers that somebody have on twitter genuinely sell tickets and the the answer is the majority of the time no like if somebody is buying a ticket to a wrestling show because of your twitter presence they're buying it for the wrong reason now i understand that money still spends you know dollars a dollar right but Mm -hmm. What happens if they're like, yeah, this guy's real good on Twitter. I went to the wrestling show. His match was terrible. I'm not coming <laughs> back. Like, right. I, I, I teach my students this. This is one of the, the – I, I call this the ultimate truth in professional wrestling. No matter how funny you are online or what your character is or how well you're packaged or your gear or your look or anything, on a long enough timeline, that bell has to ring. Mm-hmm. And if you, right. if, if the person or the performer doesn't deliver after that, and here's the thing, there's a, there's countless ways to deliver. You, you know what I mean? Like be, be, be funny, be hard hitting, be strong, be fast, whatever the fuck it is that it is. I don't care. You, but you have to deliver when that bell rings or else that's it. There's nothing yeah. there. And even if people pay to see it once, which again, money is money. They're not going to pay to see it again. Right. Yeah. And like people need to look at things like long-term like don't just be somebody who's like yeah i'm popular on twitter bring me in it will sell like three tickets well that person who's following you on twitter is already a wrestling fan so they're probably going to be at that show in the first place because they're a wrestling fan your twitter's not moving shit (laughs) like it's I, i i went off about this recently uh we don't need to cater to wrestling fans they're going to go to the show they are wrestling right. fans. As soon as they exactly. see a ring in a fucking building, they're going to go there. We need to cater to people who are not on social media, who don't watch wrestling. I would rather have a crowd of kids and grannies than, you know, these early 20 the fuck somethings in Bullet Club t-shirts saying, hey, do something to impress me. And I'm like, no, I give me people that actually want to be here and will enjoy what's happening in front of them. Mm-hmm. Like the most, I'll use Journey again. How many of those people that were in Kansas are actually wrestling fans? I don't think many. 
I would say a third. Maybe, maybe a quarter. Yeah, a third. Right. Extreme, but but yeah. how many of them are Journey fans? 100%. Exactly. That's the thing. You got it. And, and, and they knew the- that, too. They they knew that, and that was like they were achieving that direction because yeah, they knew and, that they they wanted to appeal to people who weren't wrestling fans. And I think no, your guys' weren't. math is right. I, I would bet that like when we would sell that place out and everything, I'll bet one-fourth of those people in between those shows watched wrestling. And the rest of them were like, dude, this this shit over here, this is fucking cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like, th- this is fun. You know, th- it's wrestling, but they're, like, actually in front of you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my wife had to leave midway through. She left it in her mission because she never went to a wrestling event, but she didn't know how loud the bangs were. Like, she, she doesn't watch football or anything like that because she hates, the like, the hits. And I was like, prepare yourself. And, yeah, like, the first bump that someone took that night, she was, like, it, it was like Kane's pyro going off for her. She's, like, shaking, <laughs> you know? Like, and so she made it, yeah, about halfway, and then she took off. But she understood why, now, after going to a show, why I loved going to them. But, yeah, you, that was the thing. Kansas was such a special place to bring in those folks that weren't normally into wrestling. Yeah. I, I wish that more places would, would go that route. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. I look yeah. forward to Journey continuing to go that route. Same. Um, it, it, it's crazy to me that you pointed out all the like, all the business uh, aspects of you know Twitter and its questionable usefulness, uh, <laughs> but like it even applies you know to uh, like social interaction or personal interaction. Like yeah. you know like guys that think they are one way on Twitter and then you meet them and it's like what really. Or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you get a, you get the wrong idea about somebody on Twitter. And then next thing you know, it's like, it, you know, who's shooting and who's working. Is, it, right. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and especially as, you know, a young guy who nobody knows, nobody cares about, who's just trying to get on shows. Like if you say something that somebody's going to take the wrong way, whether it's in person, whether they hear about it through a third person or it's on social media, if somebody sees that and they go, yeah, I'm not going to book that guy. All of a sudden it's negatively impacting your entire career. So it, I don't like, and it's all over fucking social media bullshit that there shouldn't be this much pressure amounted to. Mm-hmm. Yep. In my opinion. No, Thanks, I agree. Zach Ryder. <laughs> Zach Ryder ruins everything. He had to put himself over on Twitter and now we have it. Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Christian, I think we'll get you out of here and let you get yeah. on to your evening. Um, I think we were, we were talking. You, you got any upcoming uh, appearances you want to promote? Um, I'm just going to go with a vague general thing because I'm so old-fashioned. I have a literal physical calendar where I write my dates down. <laughs> nice. Um, I will be at upcoming dates for Zawa Live as well as for Magnum Pro uh, out in Omaha. Hell yeah. Okay. Um, I have a I have some stuff that I can't announce yet because it hasn't been announced by the place yet. So (laughs) back pocket that. Um, Yeah. If you guys could just like follow uh, Zawa and Zawa live on, uh, they are on Twitter. I don't have anything to do with it. Uh, uh, That would be great. Um, My podcast with my student, Damien Deschain is called, what are we even doing? Uh, It's on Spotify, whatever you get podcasts on or whatever. Awesome. Um, And yeah, I'm doing some stuff out of Magnum Pro that's real fun. So, dude, I love Magnum. That's awesome. Yeah. Good times, good times, yeah. good stuff. But yeah, I think that's all I got. Awesome, awesome, man. Thank you so much I'm for doing this, man. It's been awesome. Don't try to add me on Facebook. 
Uh, <laughs> feel free to follow me on Snapchat. It's fucking boring, but there it is. There uh, those well, are uh, Snapchat's bitter lunatic. So, oh, okay, cool, awesome. Cool. Well, I'm certainly thankful that uh, Dallas was able to get you on the show with us again. Uh, to to talk with us. So uh, it's, yeah, it's been a while. It's good to catch up with you. I'm glad you're doing doing better and doing healthy. Yeah, um, that's oh, yeah. that's good to hear. So and and hopefully next time Journey Pro's up and running, we'll we'll see you here in in town again soon. Hell yeah, absolutely. Sounds great. Can't wait to bury uh, Dallas in the ring. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, you know yeah. I, backstage I politic and brother. I, I feel like hook, almost hooking the legs should have got that lap dance. <laughs> <laughs> I'll who be waiting it? for it too, and I'll just completely lose it. Dallas, who was it you were supposed to? Was you supposed to wrestle Hoodie at some point? I think you said you wanted everybody that's that's trained you. It was like Hoodie and Moonshine. Oh yeah, he's, like, got, he's yeah, got his list. Yeah, they so, told me. Yeah, uh, I I can't. Whenever when was it that we last talked to Walter? Because we hadn't talked to him in the entirety of the pandemic, and then he think, uh, jumped into our Mania watch. Yeah, like uh, WrestleMania or something yeah, like that. And he was like. Yeah, man, we were gonna have you uh, wrestling hoodie at uh, starting in March, but you know, COVID hit, and I went, "Son of a bitch!" <laughs> that would've been good. Yeah, so I, I feel like we're gonna have like a, like a Dallas Cade Gauntlet match where you're just taking on all your. Oh my god! All I would in die. one night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude, do you know what kind of a murderer's row that is? <laughs> Fucking, you put hoodie in there, you put moonshine in there, then you got Durden, Ooh. and then if you got Dak, fuck me. <laughs> Like and then <laughs> you could line up another one and throw in there like Seidel and Rose and then a few other guys. I'd be fucked. They'd be wrestling like a husk. You we'd, know? Have the, we'd have the last guy be the uh, the kid you just murdered oh, last man. week at that show. He'd be he'd be the topper. Oh, I'm yeah. gonna be, I'm gonna so. make an old ass reference, but it's like that scene from Airplane where people are just standing in line to like yes. shake that woman. Yes, <laughs> like, yes. get a hold of yourself. Yeah, yeah. that's gonna be exactly. everyone waiting in line after after oh, Dallas. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's picture perfect. That'd be perfect. I would. Yeah, I would pay to see that. I really. Would. Oh well, thanks, Mike. <laughs> that's I appreciate what it's all about. It, that's why hey, we're man. selling tickets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what we're doing. All right. Well, uh, we we already tried to do the outro one, yeah, so I guess we'll do it Midwest again. goodbye. Thank you so much, Christian yeah, Rose, ladies and gentlemen. No the better lunatic himself, the uh, old evil bad coyote, thank Christian you. Rose. Right. Thank you so I'll much, you man. Oh, yeah, dude. No problem. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you everybody for tuning in. And later, nerds. <laughs>